Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Don Gleichman, Tom Terrace. Welcome one and all. Uh, Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to see how Jesus wants to teach us today? I would love to. Happy Easter, everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Dear Lord, we, we come to you now as we begin our, our reflection, our gospel reflection, and, and wonder and awe of the miracle of your resurrection. Thank you for loving us so much that you became one of us to show us how to live, to show us how to suffer, and that we will rise with you. So help us each day to choose you, to surrender everything to you, Lord. Help us to grow in our knowledge and our love and our service to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Please bless and protect all those who are listening now, bless their families, and just help us all to grow closer to you each day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, and Son, 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 Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Don, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I'd love to. This is from the Gospel of John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these things are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have a life in his name, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ.
my Lord and my God. I love Thomas's proclamation. He's Jesus is our Lord, our Savior, and, and Jesus and Thomas. When G, when Jesus came back to him out of love, he he does to all of us. He he singles us out. He wants to have a relationship with each one of us, and he singled Thomas out out of love, and he didn't want him to be unbelieving. He wanted him to believe. And Thomas's response to that, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. So uh, Thomas sometimes get a, gets a bad rap, but um, you know I think we can all we can all echo in his proclamation you know, every every day of our lives, every time we're at mass, every time the priest raises the consecrated bread and wine, and uh, it's the body and blood, my Lord and my God. And that's beautiful, Rob. I learned that practice years ago, and I do that now. Every time when I'm at Mass, at daily Mass, at Sunday Mass, when the Lord raises the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in the in the chalice or, or in the host, I say my, I look right at it and from my heart utter the same words as Thomas, my Lord and my God. And you know, there is a distinct difference here. It's my Lord and my God. And I believe what the Lord is saying, my Lord means we're called to be obedient. He is the Lord of our life. He set forth for us the blueprint of how we're to live our lives, raise our children, love our wives, you know, conduct our business. So if he's Lord, we need to be obedient to the Lord, but he's also my God. So my God means that he sits on the throne of my heart. I don't sit there he does. And so for me, my Lord and my God is significant in both their meetings. I need to be obedient. Jesus elsewhere in Scripture says, you know, remain in my love. Well, how do you remain in his love? By being obedient to his commandments. And if we take the Ten Commandments and we truly reflect on those daily, did I put God, that first command, did I put God first in my life? Was the first thing that I thought of in the morning? Did I thank him throughout my day? Did I include him? Did I ask him? That was my this morning with God the Father. I'm like, now, wait a minute. This is a novel idea. I'm going to ask the Father, what would you like me to do today? And you know what? He gave me only up to about 10 o'clock what he wanted me to do, and then it went blank. But then when you asked me, Rob, well, what are you going to do now? I said, you know what? I'm going home to sit with God's daughter, my wife, and I'm just going to be with her. And I'll be in a, in a little while to do the radio recording. So that surrender to God's will in my life, that he is my Lord to obey his commandments, but he is my God. He's my father. And I'm going to go to him and I'm going to ask him and invite him along on my journey and ask him, Father, what do you want me to do? And then when you wait and listen, he'll guide you. Because my wife needed me to be with her this morning. And it was precious. She rubbed my back and rubbed my head. I was like, this is beautiful, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. So I love that, my Lord and my God. And uh, this uh, reading, I was just thinking, it's all speculation, but I'm thinking like, all right, Jesus is crucified, and they think, you know, he's gone, and Thomas spent all this time with him, and so he's not with the disciples when Jesus shows up. So I'm I'm just wondering if he's like wandering around thinking, you know, this was just such a waste, you know, like, what am I going to do now? You know, mm-hmm. God doesn't love me. God doesn't even, maybe doesn't even exist. You know, this Jesus is was crucified, and then... It's almost as if, you know, Jesus hears that prayer, and then when Thomas is with him, he comes right over to him and and says, no, you know, I'm right here. And then Thomas is my Lord and my God, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just seems like we think God is far away or he's, he's left us, but he's always, like, right there, yeah. you know, and he hears our 
our longings for him and you know he reveals himself you know in this case he physically reveals himself but i think he reveals himself to us in various ways you know it could be through what someone says to us you know a kind word or whatever you know and and what's really cool tom is jesus will will walk through walls right the doors were locked he he just shows up right but he won't walk through our hearts Mm -hmm. that he loves us too much to force his way in, that even though he's there, he's still allowing Thomas to make the choice, right? right? Yeah. Thomas makes that proclamation, my Lord and my God. So he's there. He, Jesus is always here, but he's still waiting for that invitation to, to, to come into our lives. And Rob, that's perfect. He says, I stand and I knock. He's the gentle lover. He's the polite mm-hmm. lover. He's knocking on the door of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And all he's asking for you to say your yes, come on in, Lord, heal my wounds. And you know what the enemy uses? Up here in the first sentence, he uses fear. If God knew what I did, if God knew what I said, if God knew my true motives, he couldn't love me because I don't love myself. You see, fear is not of God. Fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. It's wrong. So for me, the enemy uses that to keep the doors of our heart locked. But the Lord is there, that gentle lover who gave everything for us, continues to give everything to us in the Eucharist, in the Word of God, and he stands and he knocks. And what we keep him locked out with is fear, fear that he might know something. But you know what? You're just blindfolded, blinding yourself. He already knows everything you said, everything you did. He paid the price for those choices of sin. He gave his life for them. He gave it so that you may have life and have it in abundance. All you have to do is receive the gift. Invite Jesus into your heart. Receive the gift. And you know many times that that fear leads to pride. Oh, I, I, I can't let people know I, I made mistakes. Or I can't, I can't go to a priest and confess my sins because if he knew what I did. But you see, humility, humility is what God gives us to crush the pride. So for me to be able to go to that great sacrament of reconciliation, and I try to go huh, every two to three weeks. If I go longer than three weeks, I start to really spiritually smell, <laughs> you know, with humility. And I ask the Holy Spirit now to shine his light and reveal to me my sins. Because if I think I know them all, I don't. I'm blind to them. But boy, when I invite the Holy Spirit to light them up, oh my, he's not shy. He lights them right up. But then when I confess with my mouth, I confess those sins. And the priest is that conduit that God himself gave the power whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. God gave us that. Breathe us, breathed on us. Jesus did that gift on these priests and passed that on. Then they have that opportunity to be that instrument through God the Father through which he can then forgive our sins and set us free. So don't let pride block that door. Don't let fear keep us in those prison cells and the doors of our hearts locked. Jesus is knocking here and now today. He wants to set you free. He wants you to have the abundant life. There were a couple of things that really stood out for me in the very recent past. I heard a very good recent CD that we got in and it answered a, a problem, a question I had about this, where Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Send us to do what? To proclaim his name, proclaim the good news, to proclaim the gospel, to say, I believe. 
the CD I was listening to said, why did Jesus come? Did he just come to die for our sins? He could have done that when he was two years old, when, when they wiped out all the innocents. He could have said, well, all your, all your sins are forgiven of, uh, in my name, so it's done now, and I can back to heaven. He came to establish his kingdom. He came to establish his kingdom. And one of the chapters in Matthew, I think it's 13, has par- parable after parable after parable, and they're all about the kingdom of heaven. He came to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. And for us, the kingdom of heaven is a place that can make us accountable to each other, can give us spiritual direction, can refine us as individuals and make us more and more holy and more and more pure as time goes on. And you mentioned confession, David. Here is where priests are given the opportunity to retain our sins or forgive them completely in John chapter 20. How could a priest possibly retain your sins or even forgive them unless you told them to him? So here, all this stuff comes together. These are the things that our church does. We support each other. We nourish each other. We forgive sins. We're not perfect. We're not perfect as Thomas wasn't perfect. But we sure are going to stay together, hang together or hang, hang separately, as they used to say. Right, and, and the key is, Don, it's not the priest that, that holds the sins or retains that's, that's the right. sin. It's the person who goes to the confessional thinking it's a quick car wash and he's good to go, ready to go do it again. If you don't go there with a true heart of contrition, sorrow for your sins, just repeating a bunch of words of what you did, thinking you're good to go, that's not a truth. That's not a truth. We pounded the nails in his hands through our choice to sin. We scourged our Lord on the post when we chose to sin. We hammered down the crown of thorns when we chose to sin. We are the ones that crucified the Lord through our choices. So to not go in there with a true heart of contrition, I am sorry for my free will choice to sin against you that caused you to give your greatest gift to the world, the gift of your life. Then you know what? If we just think it's a quick car wash and we're good to go, then guess what? Those sins are retained because you don't have contrition in your heart. You don't want to change. And I got challenged in a confessional one time by a priest. He said, David, you think you, you know, you're taking God for granted. You just keep coming back and coming back, but you don't have an intention of your heart to stop. And I went, wow, that wasn't him. That was the Holy Spirit because he was right. I had no intention in my heart to stop. And so you know what? From that moment on, through the grace of God, because I wept, I did stop, and and the Lord set me free. But thank the Lord for that priest who had the courage yeah. to speak truth to me. So, I mean, again, huge, huge, huge truth. Thank you for sharing that. And I love what you start out with, you know, the Father has sent me, so I send you. The Father sent our Lord Jesus Christ as a sheep amongst wolves, as a sacrificial offering. Every day of my life, I am sent forth by the Father to do the Father's will as a sacrificial offering for others, to help them come to know the Lord, to help them, you know, experience God's mercy, His compassion by showing my wounds and how the Lord healed me. So that's what I want to go forward every day is this offering that God is able to use through His grace, a sacrificial offering for the salvation of souls. And God knows our hearts. The, the other night on, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was Holy Thursday night, we were doing the church visits after Mass. And I just, I, I really felt like I, I needed to go to confession. And I was like, oh, Lord, 
I want to go and the priests are so busy now and did I miss my opportunity? And uh, as I finish that visit, I'm walking out of the church and in the far back right-hand corner was a priest just hanging out in a pew by himself. And, uh, you know, I walked by him and said, hi, Father, and then the Lord just stopped me right there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I, del- I, delivered, <laughs> I delivered him right there for you. So I turned around and said, Father, excuse me, do you have time for a confession? Absolutely. He sprung right up. Absolutely. Let's, let's go. So, um, you know, God knows the desire of our heart. And uh, it was just so cool that he, he set that up. And it took your humility to turn back around and to go ask that priest to hear your confession. That's mm. beautiful, Rob. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And David, you know, at last fall, you introduced me to a, a, a nun who was talking about this issue. And at one point, she was talking about the difference between remorse and contrition. And I said, I go to God with remorse. And she said, you better go to him with contrition. I said, okay, what's the difference? And she said, remorse is eye-centered. Contrition is God-centered. Mm. If you feel you hurt God and that's what wounds your soul, right. that's the thing you need to have healed, not your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. Another key part of this is when Jesus blew on them, because we can, we can go deeper this and receive the Holy Spirit, who sins you forgiven are forgiven them, and who sins you retain are retained. It is only through the gift of the Holy Spirit that we as human beings are able to forgive, like Christ forgave from the cross, the sins of those who wound us. We have been pierced in our hearts by sometimes those closest to us. We need to go to God, ask for the grace to be able to forgive them, and ask for the Holy Spirit to be able to give us that gift to truly forgive them from our hearts and then pray for them. Because I find that that's the ointment that heals the wounds is when I lift them up in prayer. So for me, this is huge because you can't, the Lord three times says, peace be with you, peace be with you, peace Mm -hmm. be with you. You cannot have peace if you carry unforgiveness. If you carry unforgiveness, it is a portal through which the enemy pumps his poison. And then the roots of bitterness grow, and then pride grows, and then envy grows, and then jealousy grows. So we need to get that portal and yank it out by forgiving those who have hurt us. Our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers, a priest, a nun, a bishop, it doesn't matter. If you are carrying or harboring something, If you keep repeating the same story of what somebody did to you, more than likely, you're carrying unforgiveness. Go to the Lord. Go to the confessional and confess it, and then ask God for the grace to be able to forgive that person, and then ask the Holy Spirit to help you to pray for them. It will set you free. Jesus Christ came, gave his life so that we may have life and have it in abundance. It says it right here, and that through this belief, you may have life. In his name, not physical, but spiritual. And we have such a gift coming up this Sunday when we celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday, right? That uh, we can go to our Lord. If anybody's not familiar with Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus appeared to and had multiple conversations with a a woman in Poland, Faustina. We now call St. Faustina. She wrote a diary of mercy, and it's about as thick as the Bible. And uh, it's a beautiful invitation to, to receive the gift of God's mercy and the image that he had asked her to have painted is Jesus moving towards us, you know, pulling his, his cloak back, 
with red and white rays shining, signifying the blood and the water. But he's going towards us, walking towards us with this gift of mercy. And, and it's up to us to accept that gift, right? To ask for God's forgiveness. But David, you give us a, um, a challenge, right? So as we're examining our conscience in these days leading up to Divine Mercy Sunday, and, and please just rush to confession uh, on this, on, on, right around this, this Divine Mercy uh, Sunday, but the challenge you give us, David, is to is to examine who are we still holding that <laughs> unforgiveness towards or against before we go to our own confession. Um, and the thing that I'm struggling with, I don't know if anybody ever experiences, where you want to forgive or you do make the the act, the decision to forgive, but there's still some stuff that you, th- you think you need to talk about. Like say it's a family situation where this person has hurt you just through their words or their you know lack of involvement or whatever. And and then they call you out on something like that you think is insignificant, but it hurt them. And it's like, man, like all these years that I've been holding this in for peace in the family, and then, then the one little thing they call you out on. Like, so I don't know. Like, how, how do you guys handle like when you want to forgive, you make the act, the decision to forgive, um, but you still need to address some things, right? Can you can you do a both end there where you forgive? but then still need to talk about? I mean, I think the key is, Rob, you need to give it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then let the Lord guide you in what is to or not to be shared. Because if a person's not open to hear, whatever you say against you can and will be used against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll just worsen the matter. So that surrender to the Lord means let it go. Because, I mean, Scripture also talks about what was done in darkness. I mean, what was done in darkness shouldn't be brought back up in, you know, again. So I don't know. I think yeah. uh, for my own my own journey is we're always called to respond with love and to never react. And the only way we can do that is to have that communion with the Lord, that common union every day. And it's an everyday journey. And we're going to make mistakes. But you know what? If you made a mistake, if they pointed it out to you, the greatest thing you can do is call on the Holy Spirit and then acknowledge they were correct, mm. apologize for the sin or the offense, and then ask for their forgiveness. But if you tie it to what they did back 10 years ago or 20 <laughs> years ago, have you yeah, truly right. let it go? Yeah, you're right. My challenge would be no, mm-hmm. because you should be praying for them and letting it in God's hand. Let go, let God. So again, but we're on this journey, because you look here, it's right here in the story. You know, the apostles are in a locked room. Well, the Lord comes, and they see this miracle. There's the Lord. He's alive. Ba, 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 dee, dee, dee. We saw him. We talked to him. A week later, they're back in the room. Doors are locked. You know, it's only a week later. And these are disciples that walked with Jesus. So you know what? It's a daily journey. One of the things I always do, which is sort of like Thomas here, she, you know, said, you know, um, unless I uh, put my hand in his side and my fingers hit his nail marks, I'm not going to believe. One of the gifts that the Lord has given me to do every day of my life is I pray for the Lord to give me the eyes to see him at work in my life each day and a heart to respond with love to what I see. I pray for the gift of the ears of the heart to hear his voice, and then the grace to be obedient to his every utterance. And then I pray for a new heart, one that is open wide to receive his love and his grace, and then to allow that love and grace to overflow freely into each and every person he brings into my life each and every day. And you know what? The Lord grants me the gift of the eyes to see, the ears to hear. And Tom, when we run into those divine appointments or those heavenly kisses where God sends someone to our lives or those uh, or those God moments, 
those are special gifts. And the more you start to see them, the more you'll start to see them. And just be have a grateful heart and thank God every time. Because God is at work. And he is at work when you hear the birds sing in the morning, when you see the beauty of the flowers in a tree. But we get so busy in our lives, we no longer see the beauty. And we're zooming. And that's a problem. Maybe at this time we could take a pause and and pray. There's a beautiful prayer book or prayer in our in our prayer book called Prayer for Peaceful Spirit. And uh, if anybody wants a copy of the prayer book, please just call us or send us an email. Uh, but this prayer for peaceful peaceful spirit is um, it is absolutely beautiful. So why don't we take a pause and just pray this together? Right now, it's uh, it's on page 11 of our, our prayer book. And again, I invite you to call for one or many that you can share with your friends. Uh, so let's pray. Please, Please Lord, Lord, slow me down. Ease my pounding heart. Quiet my racing mind. Steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing in speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world, as you are my Lord. Grant me rest for my soul now and eternally with you. Amen. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, in this Easter season, let's just take a check in our spirit to understand God the Father created us first and foremost for his delight. He delights in us as his sons and as his daughters. Open up your hearts and allow God in there to love you, to heal you, to fill you with his very self so that you too can be who you were created to be, this unique individual in Christ and be this vessel of his love in this world. God wants you to be a world changer. God created you for a purpose, and he also prepared good works for each and every one of you to do. And he wants to do them in you, with you, and through you, to be the world changers that he created you to be. May God bless each and every one of you. Remember, you are God's son and God's daughter. He is your father. God bless you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you 
to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.